Tuning in to the 483rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have Nathan Swaffer on for 247 Sports. We're gonna talk a lot of Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the impending matchup in the AFC Championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs. Now, before I get to that conversation with Nathan, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you Spotify, everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to, folks. It is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nightstream underscore Lane and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You'll find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right? If you don't like the pod, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next to the break on Barbershop Sports Store, we're going to have Nathan Swaffer on the show. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a very special guest with us, Nathan Swafford. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. So the reason we got Nathan on is he's a big Chiefs fan. So I got to ask you, how are you feeling about the Chiefs? Obviously, they demolish uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns. Kelsey's pretty dominant. He gets in two tubs. Uh, how are you feeling about the Chiefs right now? Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't feeling pretty damn good about him. Um, I, I thought that's about as good of a performance as they could have put in against the Cardinals. I mean, Mahomes, that's that's the best I've seen him um, probably since the year before last. He was just, he was clicking on all cylinders. Kelsey was absolutely fantastic. The way they spread the ball around with that offense, too, I think they had nine or ten different receivers get receptions few different people get touchdowns and then even the defense looked pretty good i was pretty surprised by how the defense looks to get against kyler murray um it sucks because there were a few injuries that she's got to deal with now trent mcduffie their first round pick in this year's draft strained his hamstring just went on, on ir the other day that's a big hit for them because he looked pretty damn good in the three quarters that he played obviously harrison Bucker rolled his ankle, came back in, kicked a few, but he just got rolled out for tomorrow on Thursday Night Football, which against the Chargers, you need all the help you can get. So that's kind of a big hit. But I I feel pretty confident about where they are right now. I know it's early in the season. I know people are going to pick up on some things that they've proved on and how they're running their offense. But I, I'd be lying if I say I, I, I really like what I saw in week one. Were you shocked with how good the offense looked without Tyree Kill? Because when you're losing Tyree Kill, you're losing arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, the most explosive guy in all of football, and the offense looks yeah. like that. Was that shocking to you at all? Like, it it wasn't. And the reason I say this is because obviously there's a, not another Tyree Kill. You can't replace Tyree Kill. He's one of a kind, in my opinion. He's the biggest playmaker in the league. But Brett Veach general manager for the Chiefs did such a good job reloading that receiving core that, you know, this offense will not be as explosive as they have been. They're not going to get those huge chunk plays, those huge, you know, 50, 60-yard touchdowns to Hill. But this offense, I think, is just as good. They're just going to look different. They've got so many options now. You know, when Hill was there last year, I mean, Tyreek and Kelsey, where, you know, your two options, you shut them down, that that offense is not going to purr as well 
as it would. But, you know, you bring in a guy like Juju, um, Sky Moore, second-round pick in this year's draft, um, Mark Hales, while Scantling, which kind of also helps get that deep threat again. Plus, you still have Chelsea, you still have Edwards Hilaire. Um, they added a really good rookie running back in Isaiah Pacheco, um, who just had a blistering training camp in preseason. So I can't really say that I'm surprised that the production is still there. And I think it will be for the rest of the year. You're just not going to see it like we've been used to with those chunk plays. You're going to see a lot more methodical moving down the field, some more check downs, maybe some 20, 30-yard chunk plays to Scantling, Nicole Hardman, Travis Kelsey. But I don't think you're going to see many of those huge chunk touchdowns that we've seen in the past from Hill. But they're going to be just as good. And I think running this type of offense with as many options might even make Patrick Mahomes better, which for the rest of the NFL is just a horrifying thought. Do you think McColl can replace any of the explosive stuff that Tyreek does at all? He can. Um, like I said, there's not another Tyreek Hill, and there probably never will be. McColl Harmon has he has some of that skill set. He's got that explosive speed. He's not as fast, but his get up and go is almost just as good. When he's running in the open field, he's pretty close to Tyreek Hill um, in terms of speed. And they can use him in some of those gadget plays that you saw uh, Tyreek Hill used in, you know, those jet sweeps, those double options, stuff like that. So I think he can at least help a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to see more out of him because, you know, they took him in the second round a few years back at Georgia. Um, I'm, I'm still not too happy about the move because they passed up DK, which is who <laughs> I wanted, but pass that. I mean, that'd be too that'd be too OP if they had DK and Tyreek and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on the same team at one point. I mean, well, if that happens, they probably beat the Buccaneers in a Super Bowl, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you you would sure hope so, but I mean, that was more on the offensive line, just getting absolutely demolished. But I think he could help replace some of that. Um, but I'm hoping to see him really step into that bigger role. Uh, we haven't really seen that since his rookie season. And he's just kind of been lagging along these last few years. And I hope now that he can be one of those focused centerpieces of that receiving core with Juju, Skymore, Balthus, Scantling. I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot that opens up for him because they got to keep track of everybody now. I mean, we said pick your poison between Kelsey and Hill last year. Now it's like, well, pick your poison between Juju, Skymore, Kelsey, Scantling. Department. I mean, I just I hope that we see some of that open up for him, and hopefully he can start getting some really good production. Do you think, and as a Chiefs fan, right, because you've kind of seen all these guys since their very beginning, mm-hmm. Kelsey versus Tyreek, you, you agree Kelsey's more valuable than uh, Tyreek to the offense? I would have to say so. I mean, it's, it's hard to compare those two because they have such a unique skill set. He'll um, bring something to the offense that... I'm not sure I've really ever seen with that downhill threat, that speed. You know, I, like I said, I think he's the best playmaker in the NFL. Um, but Kelsey is just so methodical. With I mean, he's such a smart player. We saw that in the divisional round last year, where he essentially called a shot on that second play of the 13 second drive, where he saw the Bills essentially open it up in the middle of the field, and he just ran straight and had a huge chunk play to put him in field goal range. Um, but I would say, yeah, he's more important to this offense, and he's a much bigger red zone threat. Having that big body in the end zone and that big target, and then having a tight end who can, seems like he can catch everything. I mean, that's huge. And it's, I, I think, you know, I, it's going to be another few years before Kelsey's gone um, or loses some explosiveness, but I think when we see him start to slow down, you're going to see that offense evolve again because they're not going to have that just guy who can make every catch is just such a smart route runner. And, I mean, we really saw it this weekend. You know, people always say, oh, Kelsey can't block and he's more of a receiver. There were, goodness, four or five plays where he made it happen and it was running plays and screen plays where his blocks – allowed an extra 10 to 15 yards, so that argument's out the window. But 
I, I would definitely say that in terms of valuability, he's he's much he's much better than Tyreek was. What do you think this offense does turn to when Kelsey gets old? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hopefully, they can find another Travis Kelsey. Team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps too. But, um, I, you know, that's that's a really good question because who knows what this offense is going to look like in two, three years? You know, who knows that Juju's still there? We'll see what happens with the Cole Hartman, Sky Moore, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Um, I don't know. That's a really intriguing question. One thing that it seems that the Chiefs do really well is they can find that hidden tight end talent, and they've done it before. I would say they they kind of have it right now in their backups with Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. I think Fortson may be the future tight end for the Chiefs. He's the I mean he started as a receiver and played as a receiver. Kind of was on the practice squad for a few years. They converted him to tight end, and I think now he has like I don't know. Nine receptions and a third of those are touchdowns. Uh, so I think he could possibly be, you know, a Kelsey type guy in a few years. Uh, but I, I, I'd be surprised if Brett Beach and Andy Reid, um, you know, in the next coming years can't find somebody who probably won't be as explosive as Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's one of a kind. He's up there with Brock and Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and some of the best tight ends ever. And it's hard to find another one of those guys. But I, I think Brett Beach and Andy Reid will find somebody who can at least help with that a little bit. When do you think Kelsey will start to lose his staff? Because Kelsey's, what, 33, 34 years old right now? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think he's 32 or 33. Something crazy that I saw a few years ago, which blew my mind, maybe it was last year, him and Gronk are like the same age, which you would never think. You would never yeah, think. I mean, that's that, that that is so tough to think about because the one thing that Kelsey has had compared to guys like Gronk and Kittle, he he hasn't gotten hurt a whole lot. You know, knock on wood that uh, he doesn't get hurt tomorrow now because I said that. But um, that's that's the one thing that he's had that a lot of tight ends haven't had is you know he's he's not had a super major injury. He's had a few games here and there, but for the most part, he's been able to stay healthy, and I think that's partly why he hasn't really lost a step yet, um, but I would say as we get into the next few years, we're going to see a little bit of a decline from him. I don't think he's going to completely fall off. Um, I think it's going to be a progressive downward, you know, I'd say we probably, we might even see a little bit of it this year towards the end of the season as he starts to get banged up, he gets tired. Maybe see a little bit of loss in that step, but I think even when he starts to lose some of his explosiveness, his route running and football IQ is so high that he might be able to extend his career maybe one, two years longer than it really should. But I don't foresee him not being that thousand-yard tight end for at least another two or three years. Wow. Do you think there's an argument to be made that Kelsey's better than Gronk all time and great and Kelsey's the greatest tight end ever? Uh, that's such a tough argument. Um, I mean, statistically, he's going to be there. When it's all said and done, he's going to be ahead of everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end his career with the most yards from a tight end, possibly the most touchdowns from a tight end. And it's, it's just always so hard to compare those two because they play such a different style. You know, if, if you look at it and say, tell me who is the more complete tight end, everybody's probably going to say Gronk. I mean, Gronk's blocking ability mixed with his receiving ability, we'll, we will probably never see anything like that again. I think the closest we've gotten is George Kittle. Um, but I still don't even think Kittle is near Gronk. Yeah, Gronk's like an extra left tackle in there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when it's all said and done, I think we're going to look at it and say Gronk was probably overall the better and more complete tight end, but we're going to look at Kelsey and say he was easily the best receiving tight end ever, and could I'd say he's probably the best playmaking tight end ever. Maybe besides Tony Gonzalez and maybe Shannon Sharp, because um, it's hard to live up to those guys as well, but... Just his his football IQ, his explosiveness, and his 
just overall receiving ability. I don't think we've seen anything like um, I, I compare a little bit to Tony Gonzalez, but I think he's even better than Tony Gonzalez. But when it's all said and done, I think we'll look at him and say he's definitely top three. But that debate for who's the best tight end of all time, I think is gonna that's gonna wait. That's gonna go on for quite a few years, even after Kelsey's done. So during the off season, a lot of raving about Sky Moore. That's every all everybody ever talked about Sky Moore. How good of a route runner Sky Moore is. His feet, you know, how he gets in and out of breaks. Mm-hmm. How big is he going to end up being for the Chiefs this year? This year, it's tough to say because um, I think he only had two or three targets in Arizona. Now you can't make much of that. It was his first game. I mean, he was one of like nine or ten receivers to get a target. In terms of the backfield with all their running backs, who are you high on most there? Oh, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I look back at that 2020 draft when they took Edward Solaire, and I'll be honest, I, I was not happy about it. In my opinion, he was, the, he was third or fourth um, on my running back board. And, you know, I like Jonathan Taylor. And uh, we see how that's going. <laughs> I mean, just imagine the Chiefs said Jonathan but, Taylor, my God. Yeah. But I'm hoping that he could step it up this year. You know, we've seen that ability from him to change the game and be that featured back. Um, but we haven't seen it very often. I mean, obviously injuries have hurt him, and, you know, he hasn't been the most consistent. But I want to see that from him this year. And I think he can do it. I think, especially if everybody on that Chiefs offense pulls their weight, I mean, that that play-action game, if Edwards Allaire gets going as well, I mean, that's that's going to be just as good as we've seen from that, that RPO. And I, I'd like to see him take that extra step. I'm not saying he's got to get a 1,000 yards season to look at, look at this year and say he was incredibly successful. But... I'd like to see a thousand all-purpose yards because I think he's just as big of a threat out of the backfield as he is just running running the ball. Um, but then he's you know at that rate he's got he's still got a really good supporting cast. I mentioned rookie running back Isaiah Pacheco earlier out of Rutgers. I mean the the guy just lit up training camp in the preseason. He was their best running back by far, and he led the team in rushing against Arizona. Now albeit he got about 40 or 50 of those yards garbage time. But still, I mean, he's he looks really good at the backfield right now. And then, you know, everybody forgets Jarek McKinnon. I don't think people realize how fundamentally important he was to that team last year, especially when Edwards Allaire went down with that late-season injury. He was so good at the end of the season in the playoffs, you know, especially in that RPO game. Um, he could run it. He was getting a lot of receptions, and you know, for him to be that third option, I think, is pretty damn scary. And then, you know, just oh yeah, there's Ronald Jones there too. You know, was very fundamental in helping the Bucks win a Super Bowl a few weeks ago. So, I, I would like to see Edward Tiller finally break out this season. But if he can't, I still feel confident with Pacheco and McKinnon right behind him. So the Chiefs O-line, too. I think they arguably have the best offensive line in of football. I think for sure they're the best pass-protecting line in football. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because of how inept they were. When I remember specifically that Titans game last year. I'm probably bringing up bad memories, but when they went through that stretch, it's like they, <laughs> they couldn't block a soul. They really couldn't block a soul. And then they really got it together. And they really came together. And now it's like it's one of the, just one of the best units. How crazy is kind of that growth in Ascension been? Um, you know, it's it's been interesting to watch. You know, after that Super Bowl against the Bucks, I mean, Brett Veach went all in. He knew, if I can't rebuild this offensive line, Mahomes might die back there because he was running for his life in the Super Bowl. And, you know, he brought in Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith in the draft. And the thing that surprised me the most last year was just how good Humphrey and especially Smith. Smith was a six-round pick. Yeah, out of Tennessee. He fell. He fell because of a health issue. You know, he was probably going to be a second or third rounder and fell. But 
those two were the best rookie offensive line duo last year by far. It wasn't even close. And so watching them now develop into their second year, Orlando has a lot to prove in a contract year. Tooney, in my opinion, is still a top three offensive guard in the NFL. You know, that right tackle position, I'm not too confident with, because that tends to be Andrew Wiley, who is not the greatest. But, I mean, those other four along that line, I mean, that that pass protection is just, it's so scary to think about Mahomes with time in the pocket, let alone scrambling. And we saw that on on Sunday. I don't think Mahomes got sacked once. I think he only got pressured like 10, 15 times and didn't even get pressured that much on his dropbacks. And he just looked so natural in the pocket because of that line. And so it's, it's a scary thought to say, boy, if Orlando Brown could just play that much better and Creed Humphrey and Tracement continue to develop with Joe Tooney, I mean, whoo. I mean, even those really, really strong pass rushes are going to have trouble getting pressure. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The NFL's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for a week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team. That's right, any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses. Sounds like a pretty good deal, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Nathan with us. So, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, recently, I was doing a little project. Uh, top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, even though I'm a Bills fan, I came to the conclusion Mahomes is number one QB in the NFL. And I just want to give you my mini blurb of what I wrote for Mahomes, okay? Okay. And I just want to get your thoughts. He's magic on a football field. It's like he's a cheat code in the video game or the cliff notes on the book you were supposed to read in class. No matter what Mahomes, no matter what happens, Mahomes has all the answers to the test. Best scrambler in the game, best arm talent in the game, and the clutchest QB in the game. It's Pat's world, and we're all just living in it. So, hmm. I would agree with that. Um, I like I like your cliff notes. Reference I like that a lot because I've I think I've looked at I think I've looked there a bit too much uh, since high school. We all so, do at some point. Yeah, but I, I would agree with most everything there. I'm not sure I would agree with the best scrambler. Really? Okay. And the reason I say that is I I think he's the best at escaping the pocket, um, and then setting himself up for throws on the run. But I, I, I think Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are, in my opinion, 1A, 1B in terms of scramblers in the NFL. Their playmaking abilities, when they have the ball in their hands and they're running, I, I truly think is unmatched. And the reason I kind of put them at 1A, 1B, even though Lamar is obviously the better runner, is because the running, their running styles are so different that it helps them in such different ways. You know, Alan, he's that big bruiser. He's not afraid to take a hit. He's going to get you those gritty first downs and those few extra yards that you need, unlike Lamar, who's 
much more like a precise running back. He's making spin moves. He's making you miss tackles. And I think they're probably the best scramblers in the game. And I'm going to throw Deshaun Watson in there, but that's we'll, – We'll talk. We'll talk about that when he's back. But um, Josh Allen, Mark Jackson, in my opinion, are the best scramblers in the game, and I, I'd even say that Allen is up there in terms of arm strength and accuracy throwing downfield. Um, and I think we're going to see that a lot more this year because you know Mahomes doesn't have those giant downfield weapons with Hill anymore, and Allen still got Davis and Diggs, but. Other than that, I would agree with the set, your assessment. I still, I do think Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Josh Allen has closed that gap a little bit, but I still got to, I still got to see a few things out of Josh Allen. I got to see him beat Mahomes in the playoffs. That's 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 just number one. He's he's zero and two. You know, you know we you you, you sure know what happened last year. I won't bring it back up, but. I mean, he's he's right there, in my opinion. I think he just he really needs to get those playoff wins over Mahomes. But I mean, we know how tough that is. But other than that, you know, Mahomes is still number one, and he's he's still on his own. I think Josh Allen is on his own and number two, and then we can debate the rest. But Mahomes still is the top quarterback in the league, and it's been so interesting to see just this slander. Like he's gotten this offseason. I mean, the narrative's been he's not going to be as good. Josh Allen is strides better, and I feel like people need to learn that that's you know he he sees that stuff and he he takes notes. He knows when people are counting him out, and what happens next is that he, he comes out and he just lights the field on fire. So I, I, I would say everything but scrambling. He's probably number one. So when by scrambling, I mean throw. I'm talking more about throwing on the run and throwing when you're being moved okay. up your spot, as opposed to scrambling to run. Yeah, I I'd still say Josh Allen might be a tad bit better, to be honest. Really? Uh, okay. Okay. Just just a little bit though. Um, I think it's debatable. I think it's debatable. Uh, that, that's yeah, fair. it's completely debatable. You know, I'll, but I will give Allen the benefit of the doubt in that sense. I think. Right now, he's just a tad bit better. But, I mean, they're they're right even with each other. Um, they both are just so natural once they get outside the pocket and they start scrambling and throwing on the run. But, you know, I, I'd even argue a little bit, Lamar's still pretty good when it comes to throwing on the run. I think it's his pocket, pocket passing that hurts him a little bit. But, you know, Al and Mahomes are for sure the top two there. You can go either way. But in my opinion, Allen's just a tad just a little, little bit better. But, you know, that can change any given week when one of them just makes a play we've never seen before. Yeah. So, and, and I'll also say, they're the two best players in the game. I mean, when you watch uh, Josh Allen against the Rams and then you watch Patrick Holmes against the Cardinals, it's just like, these are just the two best players in football. No matter, I guess, at the end of the day, your conclusion, who you think is better, is on you. But it's kind of like when you're watching Brady and Manning, and you're like, those are the two guys in this league. Like, those are the guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to watch those two play against each other. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also, coincidentally, when you watch the Chiefs and the Bills, they're the two best teams in football. Like, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah. Like, right now. I mean, like, this week proved it. I mean... Bills walk into L.A. against the defending champions and just embarrass them. Then the Chiefs do the same thing against, in my opinion, what's a playoff caliber Cardinals team. And really, you know, the score may say, oh, they, they still only won, but like 22, 23, I think it was 44-21 or something, the final score. But <laughs> Cardinals scored two of those touchdowns after the game was essentially over in garbage time. So, I mean, those, those two are the standalone number one and number two teams, and you could go either way. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot from the Chiefs tomorrow um, against the Chargers. If if they go out there and they just smash them, I mean, it, it, it's hard to debate that the Chiefs aren't the best team. But then Bills could who who knows what could happen after that. We're gonna have this discussion yeah. all season, in my opinion. Who's the best? Who's number one? Who's number two? And it's probably gonna be the Chiefs and the Bills up on top of that mountain the entire season. 
Yeah, it seems like they're both on a collision course uh, for the AFC Championship game. Uh, I didn't want to buy into that narrative at the beginning of the year. Uh, my actually AFC prediction was the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, and then I watched what the Chiefs did the Cardinals. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be wrong about that. The Chiefs are going to be in there. <laughs> I was like, there's no way the Bengals are getting it done again. I'm like, I'm sorry. And then, and then I saw what happened to the Bengals. And I saw how they wet the bet against the Steelers. And I'm like, if the Bengals played the Bills the Chiefs that Week one, they would have they would have gotten blown out. <laughs> they would have got blown out. Yeah, it, it would have not been pretty. Yeah, it, it, it would have been twenty no diff at all. Yeah. For you, uh, as a Chiefs fan, when Patrick Mahomes was drafted, did you know a lot about him? Were you? I mean, of course, you couldn't have been expecting this, right? But like, what were your thoughts of him, and when did you kind of realize we got something special? And I always tell this story, but somebody asked me, what were your thoughts when they drafted Mahomes? So I was driving home from a soccer practice, and I looked at my phone, and I saw that they had traded up first. I didn't see who they traded for, and I'm like, yes, we got the Sean Watson, because I was so high on Sean Watson coming out of Clemson in that draft. I wanted them to trade up and take him so bad. And I saw that they traded up to 10, and they drafted this who knows quarterback out of Texas Tech named Patrick Mahomes, and I'm, you know, I, I audibly said what the f in in the car because I was not happy, and you know we, I watched that preseason. You know, obviously Alex Smith is still quarterback at this rate heading into that 2017 season, and I'm just I'm watching him in in the preseason, and I, I was just like I was aw- I was just awestruck. I couldn't believe some of the throws he was making, you know, the angles that he was putting his arm at, like we see now. And I was just kind of like, wow. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty damn good. And, you know, I had watched a little bit of film after they drafted him, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's got that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality. We've heard this before from all the experts. It's Brett Favre, you know, he's, he's, his throwing motion isn't great. His footwork is crap. He doesn't get set, stuff like that. We had heard all that. And when he started that last game of the season, because they were resting their starters for playoffs, and they played the Broncos, it just felt different seeing him out there with second team, second team. I mean, it was just the way he was manipulating the defense, running that offense as well as he did, I was just like, man, he looks really good. And then heading into that next season, we watched him in the preseason again, and he just lit it up. And that was kind of when I started to look at him and say, oh, man, you know, he, he, he could become one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And then those first three weeks of 2018, his first three starts against the Chargers, the Steelers, and I think the Bengals – the Bengals and Redskins, I can't really remember which. I think it was one of those two, though. And he threw, like, 12 touchdowns in three games. I was like, wow, we've got something special here. And I guess you could say the rest is history. Now look where we are. So when the Bills drafted Josh Allen, uh, I cried and I said, we should have drafted Josh Rosen. And then I also said... <laughs> We, we drafted a dude who, who can't throw. I said he's going to be the next Jamarcus Russell, and he's not going to be playing in the league in two years. So that wasn't my best take either. That wasn't my best take. I was like, he has a big arm. And then I remember I was talking to a kid I went to high school with, and I was like, what's so good about Josh Allen? And then you know, he couldn't even tell me anything. I was like, he completed 45% of his passes. And then he's like, well, he has two first names, Josh and Allen, so that's something. And I'm like, well, okay. And then, you know, I, re- I remember looking at that quarterback class because, I mean, you had Baker, Darnold, Rosen, and Allen up there. And that was the first year that I started doing pretty extensive research on the draft. Um, and, I, and I just remember looking into those four saying, all right, in terms of NFL readiness, you know, Darnold and Baker are probably the top two. Rosen, I was never super high on Rosen to begin with. Um, so... I felt kind of vindicated when uh, he kind of sucked. Well, not kind of sucked. He sucked. Um, but and then I, I remember watching Allen's film, and he he kind of struck me like Mahomes did when I started watching film. 
on him. He's got that gunslinger mentality, you know, ungodly arm strength, you know, scramble ability is really good. My one concern is that he was doing this at Wyoming, um, which in, in the big big football school, they don't play those big boys. You know, like Mahomes had to do that in the Big 12, playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas. You know, he got that experience against those top-tier programs. And Al didn't have that. But I remember, I told myself, if he could get in a situation like Mahomes did with a good head coach, he doesn't have to be good immediately. Obviously, he was a bit different because, you know, he played a lot more his first year than Mahomes did. But I'm like, if he can get, if he can go through the right developmental system, he'll be almost just as every base as Mahomes because he had such raw talent. And when they took him, I was listening to it on the radio, and I was like, that that may be the best pick of the draft if they, they play that right. And we look at it now, and it probably was the best pick of the draft. Yeah, I was, I was late. When I was – my quarterback rankings were I had Baker 1, Lamar, Josh Rosen, two or three, like two A, two B with both of them. I went back and forth with them, and then I had Sam Donald four and bait and uh, Josh Allen five. I thought Sam Donald and Josh Allen would both be busts, but those are the two guys I didn't want the Bills would have to take. I would have been fine with Lamar, Josh Rosen, or Baker, and obviously yeah. at that point Lamar was sliding. Josh Rosen was available, and Baker already went number one. So I was like, no, Josh Allen, no, Josh Allen. They got Josh Allen. <laughs> And uh, it took me till midway through his third year, the year they lost the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, before I'm like, yo, I had this dude completely wrong. Because the first year was bad, and that was like the year where they were starting Nathan Peterman some games, and it was just, you know, and they had Vontae Davis quitting at halftime, and then I'm like, Sean McDermott sucks. Like, I, I I was very disappointed what was going on with the franchise at that point in time. I don't know if you remember that when Vontae Davis quit during halftime, but that was... Uh, <laughs> do you remember that when that story went down? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, so that was the uh, not the high point for me as a Bills fan. And then you get in the second year, that's when they make the playoffs, and then they have that debacle to Houston in the playoff game, and then Josh, like, freaking tried to like lateral it and then he threw it forward it was just and I'm like this this dude I don't know and I'm like maybe he can be a top 20 quarterback we just rely on the defense and that third year was like this isn't the same dude I'm like he's one of the five best quarterbacks in football and, and then he yeah. goes up another level and then fourth year he's up against Mahomes and I'm like he's every bit as good as Mahomes like I'm like what is going on here like do we have one of these guys like we have a dude who's gonna be in Canton like Josh Allen's going to be in canon, like, and it's just crazy how when, you know, nobody really knows when the draft's a crapshoot, it's an inexact science, right, like, nobody can really tell, like, everybody thought Baker was going to be the guy, and, like, is Baker still the guy, I don't know, but no, nobody really knows, and it's like, yeah, like, took a chance on a kid from Wyoming who didn't have, like, a single, uh, he wasn't recruited at all, he was like a zero star, and had to play committee, he was having to back coaches to recruit him, which is crazy. So it's like how all of it turns out, and you're like, wow, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. So it's just crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. With Mahomes and Reed, I compare it to Belichick and Brady, where it seems like now they're at a point where all the pieces are interchangeable. As long as you have 15, you have Big Andy on the sideline, the ceiling for this team is a division title on 11 plus wins, right? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, you, you make that Belichick Brady comparison, but I actually think it's a little different. I look at it as more a Walsh Montana okay. connection because you've got that offensive mastermind and that generational talent quarterback. You know, Belichick was that mastermind, and Brady was that generational quarterback too, but the way that Andy Reid has revolutionized the offense like Walsh did with the Niners, and the way that Montana revolutionized the quarterback position, like Mahomes has with the Chiefs. I, I, I look at it more as that. And, you know, it, it's like if, if Mahomes is on the field, the Chiefs are always going to have a chance to win. It doesn't matter how bad the defense is. It doesn't matter who his weapons are. Um, maybe maybe he's a half-decent offensive line, as we saw in the Super Bowl. But, as, 
you know, it's it's going to be interesting to watch those two continue to develop over the next two or three years. Because I think Andy will keep coaching for at least another two to three years. Now, he wins another Super Bowl here in the next year or two. That might change. But those those two are, in my opinion, one of the top ten, you know, head coach, quarterback duos ever. I, you know, Belichick and Brady overall probably are still at the top of that mountain. But Walsh and Montana, I think, are right behind them with that. Um, you've got Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman. But, you know, I, I, I would I would use the comparison from Walsh and Montana a little bit more heavily with Mahomes and Reed than I would with Belichick and Brady. Do you think Andy is now the best coach in the NFL given what's been going on with Bill Belichick? Hmm. That's another tough debate. That's that's kind of like the quarterback debate because, you know, I think in terms of offensive scheming, I think he's the best. Um, it, so you put him above Shanahan on, and McVay then in that category. Like you put him ahead of Shanahan and McVay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to add that, that those two are all also almost just as good, especially McVay. Um, Shanahan's still right there, but I think McVay is a step ahead of him. But, I mean, Andy Reid is literally coming up with new plays every week, and they're just so unique. And, you know, we've, I've heard this story a million times that he's got this whiteboard in his office and he just thinks up of a play, writes it on a sticky note, and puts it on the board and develops it. And he does that like every day. And, you know, in terms of overall head coaching, you know, he's definitely up there. I mean, in my opinion, the upper echelon is probably Reed, McVay, and McDermott. I kind of see those three as that upper echelon. And they're all unique in their own ability. I would actually kind of put McDermott under Reed because he's a part of that game-free coaching tree. Um, But... Those, those three especially, I think you could make an argument for any three of them. I, But I'd have to say that right now, Andy Reid probably is viewed as that top head coach, but you could make an argument for a lot of other guys. What do you... Th- I mean, obviously, you know, the most obvious part is the, the play calling and how special it is, but mm-hmm. what do you think goes unnoticed about Andy Reid as a coach? Oh... I don't want to think about that more than anything. Um, you're talking about just what will happen with the Chiefs after Reed is done? No, like what's an underrated aspect of him as a coach that people oh, don't oh, think oh, about? Underrated aspect. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the question right. My bad. <laughs> um, hmm. Underrated aspect. There aren't many aspects of Andy Reid that I would consider underrated. So you don't think he's um, disrespected like how Mahomes has been? I don't know. Um, one thing that I would say that I don't think he's gotten enough credit for um, since he came into the coach, not and came into the league, not just as a head coach, but just as a coach, is the way that he has developed quarterbacks. Um, I don't think he gets a lot of credit for being Brett Favre's quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. I'm not sure if he was offensive coordinator, but I know he was at least a quarterback's coach um, and helped Brett Favre develop into the unbelievable quarterback he was, maybe not such the best uh, post football. Oh, embezzling <laughs> and uh, stealing money from but, people. <laughs> but in terms of his development, Andy Reid was right there helping him develop. You know, Donovan McNabb, uh, Michael Vick when he came back. Um, you know, he's helped develop all those guys, and then he got to Kansas City, and he helped Alex Smith. You know, at least get close to what I thought was his upper echelon of talent. And then, you know, his piece of resistance, Mahomes developed him into the best quarterback in the NFL. So I think that's an aspect of his game that's only underrated because we haven't seen it as much as we do with his scheming, his play calling, and other parts about his game. Um, and, you know, that's really the only reason I'd say it's underrated is because we just haven't seen it that much. Now, we can go to this. What will happen when Reed retires? Because that day probably is going to be coming up. And how old is he, 63? No, he's like 63, 64, something like that. Um, you know, um, that's the that's game that I dread. Is, is Biennemi going to take over? 
that's a good question because I mean, Bannon is still going to be in all those head coaching searches um, until he gets one, which hopefully will happen. I mean, it's it just seems like a crime that he hasn't gotten a head coaching gig yet. I hope that happens for him. Um, but man, when Andy Reid retires, if the enemy is still there, which let's let's actually hope he's not. Um, I'm sure he would take over at that rate. Um, however, I don't foresee that happening. And whenever Andy retires, um, my fear is that they're going to give it to Matt Nagy. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, really? About that one. Really? You think um, they give it you to? Know, after after he got fired from Chicago last year, he came back to Kansas City. He's the quarterbacks coach now because the Giants. Cherry picked Mike Kafka to be their offensive coordinator. Um, but I don't know. Um, I think it just depends on the timing of that. You know, if if he doesn't retire in the next two to three years, then I think anything's on the table because who knows what type of, you know, coaching talent comes out of the next five years. You know, you could have some more college coaches um, and stuff like that come in, but it's it's difficult to foresee what will happen when Reed retires. I think Mahomes will have a very large say in it, um, because they're going to want to find somebody that Mahomes can be compatible with, because you know, if your quarterback and head coach are on the same page, your team's a mess most of the time. Um, but if you, had, if you had to say you have to put a name down on the table right now for who will replace him, I think I might have to say Mike Kafka. Um, I think that's a long shot because I think he's going to turn into a very, very noticeable offensive coordinator with the Giants. And I think he'll have a head coaching gig within the next four or five years. But if if he's not there yet, I would not be shocked to see them bring in Kafka as head coach because Mahomes was so comfortable with him as his quarterback's coach. But, you know, it all just depends on timing. Do you think Andy would have a say in that as well? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's. I think it would be a very similar situation to what happened in Tampa this past year with Bruce Arians. You know, Arians essentially handpicked Todd Bowles as his replacement because he was comfortable with him. I think Andy will have a huge say. I think that's essentially going to come down to who do Andy and Mahomes and Mahomes really want to succeed him. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely say he'll have a pretty big role in that. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Andy, after he retires, go into a similar role like we've seen with Bruce Arians as maybe just like as an assistant or something like that to the front office. But who knows, Andy may just say, um, I'm ready to enjoy a cheeseburger on the beach. How long, Andy? Could he coach for ten more years? Oh no, no not a shot. <laughs> so not a shot. I think his max. I think his max is probably five or six. Um, that you know that can vary. You know, I I still am kind of under the impression that he can get another Super Bowl here pretty soon. He may call it, um, just because at that rate, you know, I personally don't think the injury has anything left to prove anymore. He won that Lombardi and was like, okay, he's he's in the upper echelon of head coaches now. That was his one glaring issue on his resume, and now he's got it. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if he would retire if they won another Super Bowl here pretty soon. I would hope he wouldn't, but you know, I think Max, he's got five or six years. Um, I don't think he's going to be like Bill Belichick and probably coach until he dies. Because um, I wouldn't be shocked if I'll check coaches until he dies. <laughs> but uh, I'd say he's probably got max five or six years left. Maybe he could stretch that out to seven, but I have my doubts. What do you think of? Uh, are you aware of like the Mac, uh, the Mike Sando uh, quarterback tiers for the Athletic? So basically, what it was, he he pulled a bunch of. GMs, coaches, or whatever, and he came up to this top 40 quarterbacks or whatever in the NFL. So they need the quarterback tiers. Uh, 
And for Mahomes, one of the critics of Mahomes was uh, he plays too much backyard football. I don't know if you heard that. That quote was going around for a while. Yeah, now, now I know what talking about. What do you think when people say that, if that's a criticism of Mahomes? He plays too much backyard football. He doesn't go through his reads. He's not disciplined enough. And uh, it's, it's stupid to me. And I'm going to guess that came from a defensive coordinator who he's beaten multiple times. Um, this, this has irritated me over the past few years. Um, that we've gotten to the point um, where if the if a quarterback isn't playing the way that we're used to, he's not playing the position right. Lamar's not playing the position right. Mahomes isn't playing the position right. Um, and I'm trying to come up with another name, but those two especially get criticized for you know like oh, they're not they're not playing the quarterback position right. Lamar's a running back. Mahomes is too backyard, blah, blah, blah. It's all stupid. And, you know, like I said, my guess is that the people making those comments are defensive coordinators who have gotten absolutely destroyed by them. Um, and I, I I try not to listen to a lot of that stuff because, it, in my opinion, it's just noise. People are trying to get attention. I mean, that's, that's kind of the sports media culture we've got today. Who can have the biggest hot take? And piss off the most people, stuff like that. And I just, I've tried to ignore that kind of stuff because I think it's just so stupid because you, you, you can't back that up. Like Mahomes, he's in one of the best quarterbacks because he plays backyard football, whatever. The man has won an MVP in the Super Bowl and has had probably the best start to an NFL career as a quarterback we've ever seen. So I, I, I think it's, it's just ridiculous that people continue to make noise about that with him and Lamar especially, because they are two generational talents that we may never see again. Just stop stop making all these stupid comments that you can't really back up. And how about we enjoy what these guys are doing? Because they've made football so entertaining to watch. And I personally just love it. And I, and I hate when people just say that stupid stuff. Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because I'm like, Mahomes goes through his reads and plays through the pocket, too. I mean, not like he doesn't yeah. do that. Like, that's also the thing I'm like, okay. Like, it, it's really not. Like, yeah, like, Patrick Mahomes could play in the pocket just fine. And I was talking to somebody one time, and he was like, you know, and I was talking about, you know, things I look for in quarterbacks. And I'm like, you have to be able to move, move off your spot. Throw when you're moved off your spot. And he was like, well, Daryl. Why would I want that? I just want my quarterback to complete passes in the pocket. Well, and then I was like, well, in a perfect world, I'm sure you would like that. And I'm also sure you'd like for the wide receiver to be open every single time and for there not to be a pass rush. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure every coach would love that. I'm sure if you told Andy Reid that there's going to be no rush, the receivers are going to be open every time. I'm sure Andy Reid would be like, gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Give, give me Alex Smith back. I can <laughs> Super Bowl with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. But that's not how it goes. When you're facing Aaron Donald, he puts the center right on the ground. You want your quarterback to be able to make a miss and throw a 20-yard rifle down the field. That's what you want him to do. Yep. So, I, I mean, yes. Do, do you want, like, oh, I don't think I really want my quarterback make, being able to make all these crazy plays. Well, you want to know what the athletes in the NFL are getting bigger, faster, stronger, smarter, better coaching. So you should have quarterbacks who can do things when the play breaks down. Because when, yeah. and no disrespect to Tom Brady, but when the play breaks down for Tom Brady, the play is dead and that is it. And then it's over, which is fine. And you can still win. And clearly he's won seven Super Bowls doing it. So it's not like it can be completely ineffective. But when the play's done, the play's done. There's, there's nothing more. When the defense wins, they win. When you, the defense wins, you stop Allen, you stop Mahomes. That's only half the battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I just think it's just an archaic way of thinking. And it's also the thing with Lamar. When the guy, the other, another guy said about Lamar, like, he could win three Super Bowls, but as long as he plays this well, I'll never think of him as a tier one quarterback. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, yeah. like it yeah. just... <laughs> It, it's all noise at this rate. People are just trying to get attention. And I think some of it, too, is maybe with these coaches and some of these GMs, maybe it's not the quarterback they prefer, which is fair. 
But I, I, I will tell you, if you don't prefer Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, I'd be very curious to see who you do prefer. <laughs> I want to know who you do prefer. Uh, because cause if you're sitting here with like Matt Ryan and you're like, oh, yeah, he plays the QB position the right way. I'm like, okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, he just tied Houston, so. Yeah, like, okay. Make that, make that of you, what you will. All, even Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all the best quarterback, the, the only top 10 quarterback at the NFL that I can think of off the top of my head, even Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was a great scrambler. Like, the only one who can't really move outside of the pocket is Brady. Yeah. That's, and Brady's like the GOAT. So, I mean, like, are we using him as, like, the litmus test? Like, yeah. Allen, not, Mahomes, not, not Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. All of these guys can move off their spot. I do also want to ask you this, though. With Patrick Mahomes, trying to find that next Patrick Mahomes, the next Josh Allen, the guy with the arm angles, this crazy arm talent, I feel like that's one of the reasons why Zach Wilson got pushed up so far in the draft. Do you think maybe the curse of Mahomes, the curse of an Allen, is everybody's looking for that next quarterback who can do the things that they can do? I don't know. Because um, that was one of the things people talked about with Zach Wilson, like the arm angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, I don't know exactly because I think it just depends on what type of offense um, you're running. Because some offenses are going to be a lot more suited for quarterbacks, you know, like you said, maybe Brady or Rodgers, who, you know, those guys who aren't going to make those, you know, just ridiculous types of plays. But I think what we're also going to see is over the next decade, you're going to see a lot more of those types of quarterbacks like Mahomes. And Allen, I mean, we kind of see seen it in the last year or two, you know, like you said, with Wilson, um, even Malik Willis out of Liberty this year with the Titans. He's very similar to them. He's raw, um, but he's got that scrambling ability. He's got that arm talent. Um, and so I think we're going to see, see that not become a norm over the next decade, but we're going to see a lot more of those guys. I think by the time we get... I don't know, 20, 30, something like that. We're going to see probably at least 40 to 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL be a lot closer to Mahomes and Allen than you would maybe Brady and Matt Ryan. Um, and I foresee teams maybe overreaching a little bit, like you said. Maybe they're going to try too hard to find that next generational talent who can revolutionize the quarterback position. Um but I'd also say that there's going to be a lot more of those hits rather than misses. Maybe not those generational talents, but those guys who have some of that talent and can make plays happen out of nothing. And it is interesting how we'll see this, what the next future and crop of quarterbacks are going to look like. I do agree. Because all these quarterbacks now, I mean, you're putting your best athlete in high school when you're coming up. You're all putting your best athlete at quarterback, right, with all these spread concepts. It's kind of how the game is now. Uh, yeah, for sure. Will a Peyton Manning, a Drew Brees, a Brady, will a guy like that emerge from all of this? And it's like there's still that prototypical pocket passer. Part of me still thinks yes because I, I still believe this, right? Like Michael Vick, when Michael Vick came out in the early 2000s, Michael Vick didn't necessarily look like what people thought a prototypical quarterback was. And Michael Vick had success, right? So, I mean, I'm like, yeah. I think the same could be said for, for another Brady. Like, I mean, I think game recognizes game. If some dude comes out of here and they're freaking Peyton Manning with a computer brain and they're throwing lasers, lasers all over the place, I don't think coaches are going to be like, oh, no, let's not draft them. Like, yeah, they're, they're yeah. going to fix an offense around Peyton Manning. So, I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I still think there will be a place, but I do think it'll probably suppress it. Like, it makes it harder for somebody like Kirk Cousins. Maybe, is Kirk Cousins, are the Kirk Cousinses of the world, are they still in the league in 2030, uh, 2035? Maybe? Maybe yeah, I not. Say, I, I would say so. Yeah. But maybe, I think that's the tier that I would be more concerned of. But the guys like Brady, if you get, if you get to the point where you're that good, I mean, you will be drafted high and teams will give you multiple chances and coaches would love to build an offense around you. I know Andy Reid loves Mahomes, but I'm sure if he had paid a Manning, Andy wouldn't be complaining too much. And once again, I want to thank Nathan for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 483rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.